Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Romans chapter 6, and uh, boy, the Lord's blessed us with heat. Amen. Isn't it wonderful? I, somebody told me Sunday night, even when it was so cold that even Sunday night, it was just warm as toast in here, and that's, that's good. I thank the Lord for that. And uh, boy, it hadn't always been like that. Amen. I remember a few years back there when boy, folk would shiver and shake and, and just have a time here trying to get warm, just freeze to death. That old uh, wood heater back there we used to have be churning away and the air conditioning units be going and just be ice. I've stood here before and see those doors blow open and snow just blow in back there. That was before we had all this closed in and insulated and all. The Lord's been good to us. Amen. Just blessed us abundantly and we thank Him from the depths of our soul. Now in Romans chapter number 6 tonight and verses uh, the first 11 verses I'd like to read with you tonight. I'd like for you to listen while I read. Would you stand please? And let's honor God's Word by standing tonight and reading these first 11 verses together. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, also, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated now. Our Father, we pray that you might bless each one of us tonight. We pray, dear God, that you'd help us to say things that would encourage uh, the hearts of individuals. We pray, Lord Jesus, that uh, everyone here, that you might open our minds and our hearts, and Lord, that you might give us understanding and help us to better understand the Word of God. Bless abundantly now, because we ask it in Jesus' name and for His sake, amen and amen. All right, we've been talking about sanctification and uh, we had uh, 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 what sanctification is. We simply said we believe that it means to be set apart. Now, it not only means to be set apart unto 
God, but it means to be set apart from the things of this world and from sin in our lives. And uh, I want you to know this. I don't believe in uh, sinless perfection. I don't believe we'll ever reach a point as long as we live in this body when we'll reach a point where we'll not sin at all. I just do not believe that's possible because of the weakness of the flesh. But I do not believe that we have a license to sin. And we'll point this out to you as we move through the message tonight in our study here of these 11 verses. I do not believe that we have a license to sin, but I do believe we have liberty to live in the grace of God. Now, the last time that we were able to be in the book of Romans, we talked about uh, sanctification. We talked about uh, about the... Uh, the two persons we talked about Adam and Christ and the fact that we were born in Adam and then we're birthed into Christ also placed in Christ by the Holy Ghost of God and we talked about the two powers sin and righteousness you see you have a choice as to how you live I mean that you can either live uh, and be controlled by the world the sin uh, 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 by the world the flesh the devil or you can live um, a life of righteousness, dedicated and consecrated unto the Lord. And you can have uh, uh, victory in your life. You don't have to be defeated. And so many people in this day, especially Baptist people, have been uh, told so much about the fact that we can't uh, have sinless perfection until most Baptist people think we have to go out and sin a little bit every day uh, in order to just satisfy uh, the flesh. No, that's not true. I believe there are periods of your time, of time in your life when you can live in victory and you can have complete victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about uh, the two products of death and life. We talked about uh, two positions that we're in. Uh, one of condemnation when we were in Adam and the other of justification when we're in Christ Jesus. We talked about uh, two practices. We talked about uh, disobedience and obedience. Now, uh, in Adam, we, of course, will disobey and we'll serve the flesh, we'll serve the world, we'll serve the devil, but in Christ we can have victory and practice obedience. We talked about law and grace. Now, uh, I thank God today that we're living in grace. Amen? Thank God for that. Now, we come now to chapter number 6 in our, uh, uh, in our study, and we're talking about sanctification and an illustration of this. And I, somebody read this one day in, in, a, in a large city, in uh, uh, a place uh, where they dye clothes and where they make clothes, suits, garments, and so forth. And uh, they had this little sign hanging in the window. Now, I want you to notice this. The word on this sign for dye, of course, was D-Y-E, having to do with colors. But I want you to think in your mind of how true this will be if we just move this over into the realm of the Spirit. The man had hanging in his window, in his uh, store, he said, we die, that is D-Y-E, we die to live. Now, he was talking about making a living, you know, and getting money. But I'm saying, I want you to think about this in the realm of the Spirit. He said, we die to live, we live to die. The more we die, the more we live. Amen. I mean, listen, you could... Uh, you could talk about that in the realm of the spirit, D-I-E, uh, death to self. And the more you become dead to self, the more alive to Jesus Christ you'll become. 
And uh, uh, Paul begins in, uh, well, in verse chapter number 5, and look at verse number 20. He said, Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. In other words, what Paul was saying is that grace is greater than sin. Amen. And no matter how large uh, uh, quantity of sins that you have in your life, grace is sufficient uh, to take care of that. And he said, now, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And then notice, he come on down in verse number 1 of chapter 6. He said, what shall we uh, then say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, he, he says here, shall we go out, brother Lord, and just live more and more in sin so that we might have a greater evidence or exhibition of the grace of God in our lives? And, and then knowing that we don't have a license to sin, listen to what the apostle said in verse number 2, God forbid. He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now I want you to know it's one thing to be justified, but it's quite another thing to live a godly life. It is one thing to accept Christ's death for us and quite another thing to realize His life in us. Now it's there. No doubt about it. His life is in us tonight. I pointed this out in the funeral today. Isn't it marvelous to know that all the comfort that Brother Ted Stover will get tonight, he'll get it through the Word of God. Amen. Through this book right here. And he'll get it through Jesus Christ also who lives within us. So I'm saying to you tonight, the life is already there. But to know it, and to show it every day in our life. That's quite another thing. It's one thing to know that Jesus died for us, but to manifest Jesus Christ in our life and live a victorious, overcoming, successful Christian life in and about our community and let others see Jesus, that's something else. And not new, not too many people that I know personally ever exhibit Christ Jesus to this extent in their lives. So it would do well for each one of us to learn this. Now, Paul shows us, listen, he shows us in the Bible that a true experience of the abounding grace of God in the heart expresses itself, listen, not in unrestrained license. I mean, if somebody comes about you and says, oh, how I love Jesus, and they sing the praises of God, this does not give them the license to go out and live for the devil during the week. Now, a lot of people think this. A lot of people say, well, I can live like I want to. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven when I die. And I thank God for that. Amen. I don't have to worry. Listen, I got so nervous up there in the hospital uh, over the fact that I thought he mentioned the third alternative. Now, one alternative was to go to Charlottesville and get that thing. You put your body down in some water. I do hope they have a trough big enough to get me in, but I, they put you down in a, a stainless steel tub, fill it with water, and then they explode that through uh, waves, sound waves, the kidney stone. And he said that's one alternative. And then he said the other alternative is that um, we may be able to uh, uh, use a cystoscope and go in and, and get it out in that fashion. And then the third alternative, I didn't like too much. I didn't like the idea 
of, uh, of him cutting on me. He said, now, uh, that's, uh, that's the other alternative. I got so nervous, I hadn't bit my fingernails in three years. Now, I didn't get nervous about whether or not I was going to die. I just got nervous over the pain. I don't like the idea of them cutting on me. But uh, listen, folk go out and they say, well, I don't worry about uh, eternity any longer. I'm saved, so I can just live like I want to. No, you can't, my friend, not and get away with it. You can't do it. Now, you can go to heaven. A lot of times you can go a whole lot sooner. That's right. I mean, God will take you home quicker. I know a lot of people that I believe personally have left this life here uh, at an early age because of the fact that they just uh, went out and lived in sinful rebellion against God. But now Paul is showing us that uh, Christ in our heart is not expressed in this way, but in a new quality of life. And you'll find that in verse number 4. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what? Newness of life. We have a new quality of life about us. Now when I look around at people here in this congregation tonight, I, I love young people. I really do. I look over here at these young folk over here. Yeah. And if you want to include Mr. and Ms. Redden in that crowd, that'd be all right. They're young at heart. But I, I'm saying to you tonight that we have a new, fresh quality of life that Paul refers to as newness of life. Now I want you to mark carefully three figures Paul uses in order to illustrate our oneness with Christ, that is, in His death. Number one, the believer is baptized with Christ. Look at verse number three. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Now, baptism expresses symbolically a series of acts that picture the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, immersion. Immersion symbolizes death. Now, uh, the Lord spoke of His death as a baptism. Look with me over, please, in uh, Luke chapter number, I believe it's chapter number 12. Always get in trouble when I do this. Sometimes I can't find the verse. And that always makes you nervous because people out there are sitting there and they're thinking, well, he don't know what he's talking about. Well, I do this time. I've found it. Amen. In chapter number 12 of verse number 50, um, the Lord says, But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Now, of course, uh, the death on the cross when Jesus Christ was totally, completely immersed uh, in, in death and the the, the judgment of God Almighty that fell upon him that day, it, it totally engulfed him. And uh, if you'll read in Psalm 22, you'll find there a picture of the good shepherd. Now, Jesus Christ is referred to as the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. And of course, Psalm 22 is a picture of this uh, good shepherd. And uh, uh, Psalm 23 is the great shepherd and the chief shepherd in Psalm 24. But Psalm 24 tells about his death and the pain and the suffering and the anguish and the agony that Jesus Christ underwent on the cross of Calvary. So immersion uh, symbolizes death and identifies us 
with Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. Listen, every believer died on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Every sin, every believer was justified on the cross of Calvary. I mean, just as if I'd never sinned. Uh, my sins have been paid for entirely on the cross when Jesus was baptized uh, in the wrath of Almighty God and suffered and gave His life for me. And then another picture is not only immersion, but submersion. Submersion symbolizes uh, burial. Now, uh, this means when a man is buried, he is out of sight and be, uh, soon beyond uh, identification. Now, uh, the self-life must not only be crucified, but it must be buried. I mean, listen, you need to, you need to get yourself out of your mind. You need to, uh, you need to place others. You need to think about others and not yourself. Uh, so many times we're prone to think about ourselves and, and we want to be happy and we want to have the creature comforts all around us and, I even said one day to somebody about these pews here. I, we, they're beginning to wear out on us. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come over here one day and take all this stuff off. And we'll just sit on the bare pew. And I forget who it was. But they looked at me and said, oh, preacher, don't, don't even talk about that. I mean, listen, we, we like all these nice things. You know why you like that? You say, yeah, so I can go out and invite up. No, you like that so you can sit on these pews and be comfortable because you're always thinking about yourself. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I like to have things my way. But I'm telling you, not only crucified, but we're to be buried. And then, of course, um, uh, not only immersion and submersion, but emergence. Emergence symbolizes resurrection. Turn back with me, please, the book of Joshua. I'll give you something that blessed my soul, and I think it'll do the same thing for you. I found out most of the time when things bless me, they end up blessing other people also. Now, uh, in Joshua chapter number 4, please. Now, we're talking about Jordan earlier in the service. Uh, Jordan is a type of death to self, Brother Frank and and crossing over into the promised land. And uh, now there's still battles, still battles going on there. After death, after you get up in heaven, uh, there won't be any more battles. I mean, that'll all be over. You'll, you'll be with Jesus Christ and, and uh, you'll live with Him eternally. And you won't have to fight the battle of sin any longer and wage that. Uh, I mean, it'll all be over. So, uh, But I want you to know this. Jordan was supposed to be a place of total victory. They were to go in and to take the land. And uh, uh, this is a picture of our victorious life with Jesus Christ. Now, if I can find these two verses of Scripture. All right, look at verse number 3 in Joshua chapter 4. And command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones and ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. In other words, he said, I want you to get 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan River, and I want you to take them over to the other side. But now notice also in uh, uh, verse, 
All right, verse number 8. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Now this was a memorial to God and what God had done in their life. Now look at verse number 9. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest were, uh, which bear the ark of the covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. Now once you get a picture of this, those 12 stones there in the midst of the Jordan River. Now this used to give me a problem. I couldn't understand this, and God helped me to see it. I think it's a type. And those 12 stones there in the midst of the Jordan River. Now when... When the water came back in, it covered over those stones and buried them. I believe that's a picture, a type of our death and our immersion, our submersion, our being buried with the Lord Jesus Christ. I can see some of you already, already see what's happening and I can see the smiles beginning to break on some of your faces out there. Listen, those 12 stones there picture death. But the 12 stones that were taken out of the midst of Jordan and placed on Canaan's fair and happy land over there, I'm telling you, those are a picture of resurrected life and victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm saying to you tonight, Paul has no intention of us living a defeated life. We've been crucified with Christ. We've been buried with Christ. We have been resurrected to walk in newness of life every day of our life. So we're not only pictured as being uh, buried, but we are pictured in verse number 5. Look back now in the book of Romans. Isn't this good? I kind of like it. I really do. It's enjoyable to me. Verse number 5. It says, For if we have been planted. Now here the believer is seen to be planted with Christ. Now uh, look in Colossians please chapter 3 Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians 3 and look at verse number 3 and 4. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Now, we, no one, listen, no one can share in, the, in Christ's resurrection unless He has died with Him. I mean by that unless you have had your sins paid for at the cross and accepted that and have died with Christ, then you can't experience the, the resurrected, overcoming, victorious Christian life. And uh, Paul says we've been planted with Him. Now, the believer is crucified, not only buried and planted, but crucified with Christ. Now, I want you to notice something. Write these down in the margin of your Bible tonight. The new life can only issue from death with Christ and to make all this effective and vital in experience, Paul gives a secret. Now listen to it. Know the fact of your death 
with Christ. Now, knowing involves the exercise of the mind. Now, don't let me lose you tonight. I Listen, you, you're drifting a little bit. It's getting, getting warm in here. I see a few people yawning here and there. Maybe you had a hard day. But I'm saying to you tonight that uh, you must exercise your mind in order to know the fact of your death with Christ. Uh, the Bible says that we must repent. You know how people get saved? A lot of people think folk get stirred up in their heart and in their emotions. And uh, this is the way of salvation. No, that's not the way of salvation, friend. That's not it. Many a person has had their, their heart stirred. Now, there is an involvement of this, and we'll talk about it later. But we're talking about our sins being forgiven and identifying ourselves with the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary right now. And this involves your mind, M-I-N-D, your thinking processes. This involves the spirit of man, not his soul at this point, but it involves the spirit of man, his thinking capacity. In other words, you must realize that you're a sinner. You must realize that Jesus died and paid your sin debt. And you must come to him and recognize in your mind, not in, not in your heart, not in your emotions, but you must think it through. You must know and understand that you are a sinner, that you deserve to go to hell, and you must have an enlightenment that Jesus Christ is your only hope. And so I'm saying to you tonight that when you are crucified with Christ, and you reckon yourself to be dead, you must know the fact of your death with Christ, and, and this knowing involves the exercise of the mind. All right? Now... You must believe the fact of your death with Christ. Now, knowing involves the exercise of the mind. Believing involves the exercise of the heart. The Bible says with the heart, man believes. Now, uh, you need not only your mind to work, but you need your heart also. And the fact of Christ's death must not merely be academic knowledge, but it needs to be dynamic knowledge in your heart also. A lot of people know about Jesus Christ, but they've never believed in the heart under salvation. A lot of people, listen, I believe everything I believe tonight before I ever got saved, Brother Jerry. That's right. I believe the Bible was the Word of God. I believe that Jesus was God. I believe that people had to die. I believed in heaven. I believed in hell. I believed everything I believed tonight before I ever got saved. But I not only had to exercise my mind, I had to exercise my, my heart and, and also and believe unto righteousness. And then we ought to prove this fact. Now, have you got it written down? You ought to know the fact, believe the fact. You ought to prove the fact. Look at verse number 11 in Romans. Let me turn back there. I'm in Colossians. Romans 6 and verse 11, Likewise reckon uh, uh, ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now listen, knowing the fact involves the exercise of the mind, how you think. Believing the fact involves the exercise of the, uh, uh, of the heart, with the heart man believeth. 
And then proving the fact involves the exercise of your will. You know, the only way you're ever going to have victory is to reckon sin to be dead in your life. Amen? You can sit around and hope for it and wish for it and daydream about it, but you'll never have it until there comes a time in your life when you just say, by the grace of God, I'm fed up with this thing, and by God's grace, I'm going to reckon sin to be dead in my body. Now, it must be known, must be believed, and it must be reckoned. I want you to look at verse number 14, please. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under law, but under grace. Isn't it wonderful tonight to know that we don't have to be defeated? You don't have to go out and live in sin tomorrow. You don't have to do anything except exercise your own free will. And when you do that and choose God to have dominion in your life and you yield your members to the Spirit of God, I can tell you you're going to have victory. Dr. Bobby Robertson was in town uh, Tuesday. Is that right, Ms. Burr? Tuesday. He invited me to go out and have breakfast. He had to come up here and preach a funeral. And he called me up and said, Preacher, I'd like to, you and your wife to come and have breakfast with me and my wife. And my wife was sick. Couldn't go, but I did. And uh, we were talking uh, at the table. We were talking about things happening in recent weeks, months. And uh, friend, we're in a mess in this land of ours. I mean, I, I'm talking about uh, Christianity as such. And I, I'm talking about fundamental Christianity. We have people who are just almost going haywire and just going off on the deep end of this thing was sin. We talked about those two men. I still, one of these has shown repentance, and I thank God for that, the older man, but the younger uh, man has just uh, been so rebellious and just totally gone astray and living uh, in sin and uh, uh, just hairs grown out long, grown a beard, and living with a woman uh, that he's not married to, deserted his wife, his children. Uh, and uh, we're, we're talking about things like this, and, and we were upset about it and concerned about it when we see things like this happening. Now, I want you to know and understand, you cannot dabble around in sin and get away with it. You just can't do it. Uh, some people say, well, I can go this far, and I'll not get caught up in it. I can enjoy the pleasures of sin for just a little while, but then I can leave it alone. I can walk away from it. And I, I would never desert my wife and my children. I would never uh, desert uh, my, uh, my family ties. And I would never do anything to openly shame and disgrace the church. Now, my friend, you're human just like anybody else is human. You say, well, some people just don't seem to care. That's a strange thing. I told my wife, I woke up. Four days. It's been on my mind. It bothers me. 
bothers me. I hadn't slept well. And I woke up and I was thinking about it. I said, Pansy, I said, you know, it's a terrible thing. I said, sin makes a person not really care. I was thinking about how much this had hurt other people and how it saddened my heart. But I told her, I said, you know, sin makes a person not care. You just don't care. You don't care who you hurt. You don't care how much you hurt them. I'm saying to you, you'd better be on your guard all the time, my friend. Don't become involved in sin and don't let it tear you down. You can have victory. You can have victory in your life if you'll claim it by faith. Thank you for listening to me tonight. May God bless you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for these that have come on this night, Lord, when the weather is so bad and, Lord, the roads are slick and treacherous tonight and dangerous. I pray, dear God, that you give them a safe journey home. I pray, Father, as we meet uh, during the next few moments together with the choir, uh, Lord, that we might accomplish some things quickly tonight so that folk can get out and get away. Lord, bless us and help us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Now, let me say just a word to you. Uh, tomorrow night, we hopefully we'll be able to go visiting. We've missed our visitation because of the weather. Now, I know two times, and uh, I don't like to do this, but neither do I want people to uh, take chances getting out on the slick roads and getting off the main highways and trying to do this. So I'm asking you to use your judgment. And I found out people here, uh, they have pretty good judgment. I mean that. You, If folk can come, they will come. And I, uh, of course, I'll be here tomorrow night. And uh, if you want to come and go visiting tomorrow night, I'll certainly brave it with you. And hopefully we'll be able to reach some people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, one other thing. I notice on Wednesday nights, I told you in the beginning, when you study a book, when you study verse by verse and portions, and we've moved through now, next week we'll get into the latter part of chapter 6 and into chapter 7. I hope you enjoy this. I really do. I, I want you to. It is much more exciting preaching. I mean, when, when you just pick a topic and you come in and preach on the second coming or you preach on hell or you preach on salvation or you can preach on uh, heaven or you just pick a topic and preach on that. It's more excitable and you may have more illustrations and so forth, but I believe you'll learn more about the Word of God in teaching these books. And uh, so I, I trust that uh, uh, if I see things begin to drag and drop off, we'll go back the other way. But I, I like this and I hope that you'll learn some things. I enjoy that about uh, out of the book of Joshua tonight. Didn't you? I really did. That blessed my soul. And uh, to see that picture of our death and our resurrection with Jesus Christ. All right, you're dismissed. God bless you.